how those um, postings are not necessarily accurate of what's really going on in their lives. Mm -hmm. So you've got all these pictures about, oh, my family got together and it was so wonderful. Meanwhile, the truth was that they were having fights during dinner, but that's not what they put up on social media. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman returns to help us deal with holiday stress. This is in response to a survey that says one in three Americans is burned out before Christmas. Stay tuned. I'm going to go ahead and self-promote here. I've co-authored my first book. It's called Life is Short, Don't Wait to Dance. And it's part biography, part self-help, part leadership book, and a part sports story. And it's very inspirational. It tells the story of the UCLA gymnastics head coach, Valerie Condos-Field, who has become one of the winningest coaches in NCAA history. Yet, she never did gymnastics. In fact, she's never even played competitive sports in her life. She was a professional ballerina. As you can imagine, she has an amazing story and she is an amazing person. And I'm really proud of the book that we have put together. It's out now wherever books are sold. And again, it is called Life is Short, Don't Wait to Dance. Oh, and if you read it, please leave a review or email to let me know what you think. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the brilliant, the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, so Karen is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. And she is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get more information at her website, drkarensherman.com. Uh, so Karen, today we are going to talk about holiday stress. Um, this is something that I believe is on quite a few people's minds um, and in their veins. Uh, I, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, not like this is like a super original topic, but um, I came across this study that, you know, really sparked the interest for me. So a new study of 2000 Americans reported essentially that one in three get burned out before Christmas arrives. So I know we're in the midst of Hanukkah and um, I know um, not everybody celebrates Christmas. However, you know, that means before New Year's, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, um, it's really just overwhelming for a lot of people. So um, th this survey included Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, and Christmas. And so um, whether they were burned out or not, 68% say that it's a stressful time. So even if they weren't burned out, almost... Seven, like almost 70% were saying that they were stressed. So the thing about this is holidays are supposed to be joyous. So how do you square that high level of stress with our excitement, fond memories and love for the holiday season um, with this like really high accounting of stress? So I have a couple of answers for you. First of all, the uh, I'm laughing because when you say um, our memories of, you know, um, the joyous memories and such, that's redundant, excuse me. Um, I'm not sure that 
in fact it really is in reality or if that is really um, an offshoot of the media, uh, you know, the movies and the books and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's the first piece of it. But can I can I ask you a quick question about that? Yeah. Uh huh. One of the things that we've discussed in the past is about how when you are in a good place um, in your relationship, mm-hmm. you often look back on your relationship and you gloss over the bad things and you yes. recognize the good things and. Um, vice versa, when you're in a bad place in your relationship, you start going back and nitpicking and thinking about all the bad things that have happened mm-hmm. in your relationship. And so um, you mentioned you know, Hollywood or the media and its portrayal of the holidays, um, very much like Valentine's, where yes. we pump this like good, sentimental, heartwarming, heartfelt um, beat of information at people. Um, do you think that um, that is having an influence on, you know, perhaps a certain segment that when they look back, they aren't able to see those negative things. I don't know if it's that they don't see them. I think that for many people, it leaves them with a feeling of, um, boy, I don't have that. What's wrong with me? Um, What's wrong with my family? I think that's why there's such a high level of depression for a lot of people at this time of year. Um, I think also, if we're going to throw it in there, you've got social media where people are posting, you know, pictures. And we've spoken before about how those um, postings are not necessarily accurate of what's really going on in their lives. Mm -hmm. So you've got all these pictures about, oh, my family got together and it was so wonderful. Meanwhile, the truth was that they were having fights during dinner, but that's not what they put up on social media. So first we've got... Is the perception um, an accurate one as far as the these fond memories? Okay, that's number one. But the second part is, and and this is a little bit more positive. I'd like to be a little bit more positive. <laughs> okay. um, I think that what we don't recognize is that even. Um, situations that are positive and things that we look forward to and things that we get excited about, those are stressful as well. It's erroneous to think that stress is only related to negative events. So, for instance, this is a much easier example. You bring home a new uh, baby, and that's certainly joyous, but that's also very stressful. You plan for a wedding, and that's a certainly a wonderful, you know, uh, occasion, and you're very excited about it. But that's very stressful. Mm-hmm. So when you're planning for your Thanksgiving dinner, your get together for Christmas Eve, you know, whatever celebration. As exciting as it may be, and as much as you're looking forward to it, it can also be very stressful. Um, But a lot of people don't realize that even though these are positive experiences, it does bring stress with it Um, because there's a lot of pressure in the planning and the um, even in the anticipation of these um, different events. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, one thing that I want to add is there's nothing wrong with feeling stress Correct. Uh, during those occasions. Cause I think a Absolutely. lot of people think 
you know, I'm, I'm having a baby or I'm getting married. Like, why am I so stressed out? This is the person I love more than anything in the world. Well, it's, there's a lot going on. So there's a lot of things to be concerned with and you want it to go right. And, um, you know, I see this in athletes too, myself very much included that, um, I would stress out over a competition that I loved to compete in because Mm -hmm. I wanted it to go so right. And Mm -hmm. so, Right. I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think that even though we're talking about holiday, I think that's a very valuable point that you brought up in regard to having babies or getting married or et cetera, et cetera. But if we go back to holidays, I think that if you are experiencing what would really be very normal kinds of stress, you're going to stress yourself out even more. Mm -hmm. So, you know, don't be thrown by the fact that you are experiencing some stress because it will make it easier to flow through it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, one of the things from this uh, report said the average American will spend roughly 38 hours. Again, this is from Thanksgiving through December 25th. We'll spend roughly 38 hours preparing for the holiday season in some fashion. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm guessing that this amount of time leads to stress, mm-hmm. uh, all this extra prep work. I mean, that's a full work week, 38 hours. Um, mm-hmm. Any tips on how we can accept this time as part of the fun and not the stress? I think a lot of it has to do with the way you think about things. Um, if you know that this is going to be a hectic time, a bit of a frenetic time, um, and you just accept it, then the way you label it will have a lot to do with the way you think about things. We know that the way we think about things has a lot to do with how you feel about things. Um, Personally, I find this a very exciting time. Uh, If you walk through the streets of Manhattan during this time, you can hardly walk. It's so crowded. Mm. Um, If you're standing online for gifts, you know, if you're doing um, actual brick and mortar stores, you know, the lines are long. I find it energizing, to be quite honest with you. I find it a good time to talk to people. I think it's exciting. You know, I've got it in my mind that this is just going to be, you know, I I allow for the fact that there's going to be traffic. I think in terms of that there's going to be a lot of crowds. And I just say to myself, this is fun. This is part of the energy of the season. Mm -hmm. So a lot of how we go about it in our thinking is going to have an impact on how we feel about it. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm going to share one of my childhood memories of the holidays really quick. Um, That is right in line with this about perception of it. So when Mm -hmm. I uh, was growing up, um, I have two brothers. I'm the middle, an older and a younger. And um, so my parents would split us up and go shopping with us for mm-hmm. our brother's gifts and also for the, the other parents' gift, right? And one of my favorite memories that I have is so each parent would take us separately. So I wouldn't go shopping with my brothers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, on occasion we would, but usually, like, there was that one time when we would go with one parent. And so when um, I would go with my dad, and my dad liked to just people watch. And so we would go, maybe we would buy a gift, maybe we wouldn't, but we would go get like an ice cream 
sit mm-hmm. in the mall and literally just sit there and watch people mm-hmm. and just like have a little conversation. Yeah. And we just uh-huh. watch people going in and out of the stores and some people would be running and other people would be moseying along and some people would be getting their coffee. And it was just like a really cool, to your point about like the energy and the crowds mm-hmm. and everything and the perception of it. Like we went there with the intention of no, like not just like, thinking there would be crowds, but like hoping there would be crowds. So right, right, could right. Just like enjoy the atmosphere of it all. Right. So uh-huh. Anyway. Right. Um okay, so that that all makes sense to me. Um now uh also from this study or report or um survey, over seventeen hours on average, they say, will be spent in the kitchen for holiday food. Um again with the nostalgia pumping through our veins here, we can imagine casually baking cookies. Um, but we also know that it can be really hectic and chaotic. Do you think part of the stress is because many people who enter the kitchen aren't used to being in the kitchen? Um, or that you have added people in the kitchen who aren't typically there if you're the normal person in the kitchen? And do you think that adding those family members um, can make makes for more stress well here's an answer that you love to hear from me i already know it (laughs) it depends so you know if you're a control freak um having extra people in the kitchen is going to make you nuts Mm -hmm. um it depends on what your relationship is with the people who are coming into the kitchen um if you are comfortable with them and you work well together, it's going to help. Um, if they annoy the hell out of you, um, then it's going to be more stressful. So it really is a matter of, you know, how you feel about your kitchen and how you feel about the particular people uh, in your kitchen. Some people like other people to help out. Um, you might want to designate different tasks to people. You know, it really just depends on who you are and, you know, who the other people are that are coming into your kitchen. Mm-hmm. I, um, in the summertime, we get with my wife's family and and they all have kids. Most of them have kids and they're usually, uh, most of them are pretty young as well. Um, pro- I think starting at like six. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, technically there's babies, but six to like, you know, early teens and each family's responsible for cooking dinner one night while we're all doing this family vacation. And so mm-hmm. um, one of my favorite things is when it's my turn or it's Jess and I's turn to cook, um, I get all the kids into the kitchen and I have each of them either take one task or I put them all on a group task. So, mm-hmm. for example, one night um, I made aranchi, which is um, fried risotto balls. And so I, you know, kids love getting dirty and whatnot. So I had each of them um, mold, shape the balls out of the risotto, mm-hmm. dip them in the stuff. And it was, it was, it was like a really great time. Um, but it was, I found a way to incorporate them to where I could do my thing and they mm-hmm. could do their thing. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, it all and the parents out. were loving you because you had the kids and they could relax. They loved that part of it. But I had yeah. to be honest, uh, we made quite a bit of a mess. And, oh, I'm sure. Um, so <laughs> then there was there was quite a mess to, pick, to clean up afterward. But otherwise, yes, they enjoyed that time. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So then next is um, 
going back to something I recently mentioned, crowds and shopping Mm -hmm. um, hit the top of the list for stress inducers, according to the survey. How might couples participate in the giving um, without stressing? Okay. So again, first of all, let me just say that it will depend on how you look at things as to how upset you're going to get about the crowds and the shopping. Um, And if that's something that really you just can't handle, okay, you know that about yourself. So obviously everybody does a lot of online shopping these days, which avoids the crowds and, you know, going into the stores and everything. And we know that there's a huge amount of online shopping. Um, But my daughter, um, unfortunately, is the one who has the task of, okay, I suggest you buy A, B, and C uh, for this child and C, D, and E for that child. So she is basically doing all the shopping for everybody, though she's then assigning it out. Mm. And it still ends up being very stressful for her. And she was saying, you know, maybe we have to stop buying for the adults and just do the children or, you know, whatever. Uh So even online shopping can be stressful. So you might decide, as a lot of people do, like the Secret Santa, where you're only buying uh, one gift uh, for all the people you get together with. Um, Maybe you'll do coupon books for each other, Um, you know, but you have to decide within your family group how you want to lessen the um, burden of uh, minimizing or, you know, not buying as many gifts so that um, you're not... Uh, you know, really stressing over the amounts. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe you'll just decide that the whole family will go do an experience together and you won't again have to worry so much about the gift giving, the actual, you know, items of the things. So there's a couple of different ways to tackle it. Um, but I would suggest that if the family or even the couple has done something in a certain fashion, whatever it has been for many years, you do want to discuss with each other that you're going to consider changing that tradition um, as opposed to just doing it because people do get accustomed to, well, this is the way we do it and it's holiday and why have you changed it? And and that can be upsetting. Mm-hmm. So it's worthy of some kind of discussion so that everybody's on board and comfortable with it. Yeah. Okay. Um, as you know, and as I've mentioned on this podcast, I, I recently, um, co-authored a book and my co-author, um, this is just another idea for people. My co-author mentioned how she was getting stressed over the holidays and a few years back, her and her husband decided that instead of exchanging gifts with each other and the, their friends and other family members, the exception being grandchildren, um, they were taking all the money that they would typically spend on gifts and just donate, pick out a charity and give it to the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And So Very nice. It took out all the stress of trying to find the gifts for people. Um, now, the one thing that I will say about her and her husband is they are also generous throughout the year. So mm-hmm. if they see something during the year, um, like she's given me more than one book where she's like, oh, I think you'd like this book. I'm going to get it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's this one of those things where 
Um, it takes the stress out of the season, but that's not to say that she's not a charitable giving right. person otherwise. Right. Um, right. So anyways, that's just another idea for you guys. Um, okay. So then lastly, there is um, awkward conversations that happen with <laughs> family and friends um, with whom we rarely or perhaps even never see. Uh, that can increase anxiety. Sure. Um, we, we've talked a lot about, you know, handling these tough topics in the past. Can couples prepare for uncomfortable guest banter? Well, I think that, you know, they might actually talk with each other about what are the possible things that could be brought up. Because one of the reasons people get stressed is because of something that's unpredictable. So if you have a little chat about, well, you know, it's possible that Aunt Tilly will bring X, Y, or Z up, then if Aunt Tilly does, you're not you know, taken off guard. So that's one possibility. The other is that um, you could work at a signal with each other that if something has upset you, um, you give the signal to your partner and then maybe you, you know, find a way to excuse yourself and you go privately and decompress with each other for a moment, you know, just give each other a hug or validate each other, you know, or validate the person who got upset that, yeah, that was totally inappropriate or can you believe it or whatever else. Um, I think I've told this story previously, but I'll tell it again. Um, Every time we used to go to um, my mother-in-law's house when my girls were little, she was very um, finicky about appearances. And so I would work really hard with, you know, what they wore and their barrettes and et cetera, et cetera. But inevitably, I would miss the mark because that is just not something I'm so into. And so what we would do is on the drive over, we would start, I, I played two games with them. How long do you think it'll take before grandma has a comment to make? So we'd make a joke about it. And so we'd each have, you know, we'd make a little pool as far as the time. And then the other thing is we would say, okay, how many different things do you think grandma's going to point out? So then that way it distanced us from it. And then when grandma would say something, we would all just sort of give each other a look. But it became more of a game as opposed to, you know, she's zapping somebody and and it would hurt. I was about to say, I think that's really uh, the important lesson there that some people may have missed is you have taken um, the emotion. It's It was so predictable that her projection of her expectations um, weren't going to be affecting your kids anymore because they knew that was just her as opposed to what they yes. were wearing in them. And yes. It wasn't a reflection upon them. It was really... Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> grandma's got issues. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the more that you can do that kind of thing and be, as we would say in a more therapeutic way, the observer, like observing the behavior, distancing yourself from it, uh-huh. um, the less you know, you're going to get hurt by it. So those are the kinds of things that I would suggest, you know, and if you can sort of do a team effort so that if somebody does say something awkward to, let's say the female in the situation, if the male then, um, 
does something supportive by making a joke or by, you know, um, standing up for his partner, um, that will help together so that um, it makes it a little bit easier. And then the partner feels supported and validated, you know, that somebody's there by their side um, standing up for them. Yeah. I, uh, on, on Hitched, we recently published an article um, that also goes into some other uh, ideas on how to deal with perhaps talk, toxic guests. Mm. Um, and the, a couple things that I'm just remembering off the top of my head here, um, watch the alcohol intake mm. that can escalate things. Um, another one was particularly if you're the guest, um, as opposed to the host, uh, mm-hmm. if you set a time to leave, mm-hmm. um, you know, stick to that time because a lot of times what might can happen is you will go there, everybody's on their best behavior and, um, you know, you're like, oh, I'm going to leave by like nine or 10 and then everything's going so great by nine or 10 that you think like, you know, I'll keep going. And then, you know, inevitably it devolves into the old habits. So mm. stick to your guns on the timing. Um, and then the, the last one that's coming to my mind is, uh, if somebody brings up a, a topic that you feel is inappropriate or you don't want to get into cause you know, it's going to devolve into an argument or whatnot mm-hmm. to, um, follow up with a question question that changes the subject yeah those Um, are great those are all great um okay so with that um i think we have helped people with their holiday stress did you have anything else you wanted to add uh the only other thing that i would add is the more that you can prepare some things ahead of time i think the easier it is as well um you know if the time is condensed and we're already in the holiday season, so this is going to be more a suggestion for next year. Mm-hmm. Um, the more that you try to get all this stuff done in a short period of time, that makes it more difficult. So if you can, let's say, do the addressing of your holiday cards before the season actually starts um, or do some of your shopping you know, beforehand for things that you know about, whatever you can do a little earlier, that will help as well. Uh, and the other thing that a lot of people have trouble with is assigning people to help you or asking for help. Mm. You know, if you are the one that generally does everything, there really is nothing wrong with asking for help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it doesn't all have to be on you. That's a great point. That's a great point. Um, well, I think that's a good place to stop. Uh, and so with that, I want to thank you very much for your time and your insight as always, Karen. You're very welcome. <laughs> and for all you listening, thank you so much. Um, but before you go, I do want to remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues. Karen is the author of Mindfulness in the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. And of course, you can find this information and much more, including all the past podcasts on our website, hitchedmag.com. And as I was mentioning, we have articles as well. So if you only know us through the podcast, we have thousands and thousands of articles. Um, So just do a little search, and I'm sure we've touched at least tangentially 
um, something that you may have a question on. So check that out as well. And then you can also follow us on all the social media platforms. And um, I like to recommend the newsletter as well because that's an easy way to get it uh, delivered to you and it's free. So with that, we will wrap it up. Until next time, take care, everybody.